0: I am Gautam Kumra, Chairman of McKinsey Asia, and you're listening to the Future of Asia podcast series. The Asian century has begun. The region is now the world's largest economy. As Asia's economies evolve further, the region has the potential to fuel and shape the next normal. In each episode, we are going to feature conversations with leaders from across the region to discuss what Asia's rise means for businesses across the globe. Join us
1: Hello everyone, and welcome to the McKinsey Future of Asia Podcast. I'm Debbie, and I'm your host for this episode. Today, we will be looking at global technology trends and discuss which one of them matter the most for Asian companies in 2023. Joining me on this episode, two very distinguished guests. I have Lorena Yi as well as Vinayak HV, both senior partners at McKinsey and Company. Lorena is a core leader of the firm's technology, media and telecommunications practice and chair of the McKinsey Technology Council. Vinayak is the leader of McKinsey Digital in Asia-Pacific. It's great to have you both with us today. Now, before we delve in, Lorena, I just wanted to ask you for a brief overview of what you think are some of the major technology trends that you have noticed this year not just in the region, but globally as well.
2: We looked at all types of technologies, both compute technologies, energy technologies, life sciences technologies. And we started with over a hundred different types of technologies. And we tried to really consolidate those down into 15 major technology trends that we believe not only have been here over the last couple of years, but will still be with us over the next decade or more. And so it's a really diverse list of technologies. And what's really fascinating is the increased momentum in terms of investment and interest and deployment of some of these emerging technologies over the last couple of years. So it includes everything from the technologies that are building our digital future, from thinking about low-code, no-code, and next development next-generation software development to how we think about trust architecture. It's all of the compute and connectivity work that we are trying to advance forward from both edge computing to quantum computing to immersive reality technologies like AR and VR to when we think about what drives a sustainable world, electrification, renewables. And the types of even things that are outside of the Earth, one of the things that we've spent a lot of time looking at is space technology and how that can be applied in space, but also have implications for what we do here on Earth. But all of that is to say that all of you are waiting for me to say generative AI. And by no doubt, that was the big addition and winner of the year in terms of probably the most interesting new technology to be on that list. That being said, we've been looking at the AI revolution for several years, both applied AI, analytical AI, and all of the work in machine learning operations, which has been fascinating. But of course, the starlight this year has been generative AI. Thank you, Lorena.
1: Vinayak, now coming back to you. Where does Asia fit into this picture? How is the region helping to advance trends that Lorena mentioned, such as generative AI?
3: Thank you, Debbie. I'm incredibly optimistic and bullish about the potential of Asia and the role which Asia can play in terms of furthering the advancement of each of these technology trends. And I'm bullish for a few different reasons. So first is Asia is a place where there is massive demographic dividend. So if you look at uh, a country such as India, you've got more than 75% of the STEM graduates coming out over the last few years coming from countries such as India. Same is true in China. Same is true across a variety of different Asian markets. The second is actually the pace of innovation which is happening in Asia. So Asia accounted for about 86% of patents which were filed over the last few years. It also, China alone, accounts for about 26% of the unicorns. So we see this both in terms of the demographic dividend of talent supply to global organizations, but also innovation, which is happening in each of the countries. The final reason is that with every single technology wave, Asia has shown the potential to leapfrog. Consumers in Asia and where they are and the difference which technology can make to their lives, particularly in fast-growing GDP per capita economies, such as India, Indonesia. Consumers are very open and hungry to adopt new technology. And we saw this with the mobile phone revolution. We saw this with technologies such as WhatsApp or even BlackBerry Messenger uh, back in the day. And I think there is a massive hunger to leapfrog using the full potential of technology. So in summary, I'm quite optimistic about the potential difference which these technology trends can make to the economies in Asia to the population in Asia and the difference it can make to individual consumers' lives, but also create world-class new enterprises moving forward.
2: And Vinayak, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, one of the most astounding things is that these technologies are pushing the frontiers of economic growth. And when we think about GDP growth, when we think about company-level growth, and This is pretty exciting. Debbie, you mentioned generative AI. If we put generative AI together with kind of the basket of automation technologies, we're looking at a potential of $4.4 trillion of GDP growth globally. I mean, that is larger than the size of the United Kingdom. And the other thing is generative AI is also, I think, a catalyst. And many of these other technologies are catalysts in terms of what we do and how we work. And an example of that is that we know that we had looked at actually how automation technologies affect GDP in 2017. And when we re-ran that analysis and looked at the difference that generative AI makes this year, we found that the ability to capture some of that GDP is actually advanced by a decade with generative AI. So I think, Vinayak, to your point that you're optimistic, I think optimistic and also optimistic on the promise of growth. Absolutely both of you also talked
1: a lot about potential and even quantified the GDP growth that we could have for Asia and for the world. I think one of the things that I also wanted to ask, and I'm sure our listeners will be really keen to have answers to, is what are the practical ways in which businesses should approach this new digital age? Why should business leaders pay attention to these tech trends? And what advice would you give to CEOs who are looking to go all in in this new digital age?
2: I think this is all about the scale of deployment and having really bold aspirations. I think we can all tinker with technology. They're fun. They're exciting. You can certainly spin up a pilot pretty quickly. But the question is, how do you think about technology in relationship to your growth strategy? And how can technology be that rocket ship that helps you accelerate your business goals. When you put your business goals together with the power of some of these emerging technologies, that's where you get the outsized results. And what's really important is for companies to have that fortitude and commitment to get to at scale deployments, which means that not a hundred users are on it, but like a hundred thousand users are on it. That's when you start to move those productivity numbers. I think the second thing that's really important for leadership is. Decades ago, this was maybe moving at the space of decades, but this is moving so quickly, this space. If we think of all of the advancements just in AI alone over the last five or six years, and the reason I mention this is this changes job opportunities. One of the things that we saw in this year's report is that if we look at total global job postings, we saw a 13% decline across job postings, but we saw a 15% increase in technology-related jobs tied to these 15 trends we talked about. And so in order to connect the decline in jobs to the growth in jobs, there is a leadership and corporate responsibility to help people make those transitions. So today you can apply to be a prompt on engineer or a machine learning specialist. Those jobs weren't available, at least when I went to college. And so for me to do that, I would need a little bit of help. So I think that's also an implication for businesses is to support the people transition to be able to manage and utilize these technologies.
3: I completely agree with what Lorena mentioned in terms of the need to emphasize scaling. I'd add a a couple of different additions to that, right, which is, First, I think it's important for every CEO and every business leader to fully recognize that the pace of technology change is continuing to accelerate and it's only heading in one direction. So I think just acknowledging that no matter which industry you're in, firstly, it goes a long way. Lerina spoke about scaling, which I agree with 100%. The two other things which I think are important for CEOs and business executives to keep in mind is this notion of sensing. So we speak in a report about 15 different technology trends, and there's a lot of noise out there. And what we've done is try to essentially quantify it in terms of essentially the scale of impact as well as the pace of innovation which exists. I think it's important to be aware of technologies and how they might change. Take one example, such as quantum but also be have a mechanism within the institution to actually sense different technologies and know when is the right time to scale. The other thing which I would emphasize is the notion of learning. Like I'm a firm believer that everybody can learn. And there are people who are 80 years old in India who are currently ordering groceries and e-commerce, right? And you would have thought that, you know, this is not possible today, but everybody can learn. And I think this incumbent on business leaders uh, in order to create the environment that allows everybody to learn and thrive. And I think the nature of jobs will change. When I look at what my kids will grow up to learn, I can't actually define what kind of jobs they will end up in. But the only thing which I know is that as long as they keep learning, they will be fine. And the same applies to all of us. To conclude, there are three important characteristics which are important, which I always tell CEOs and business leaders who are wondering how to grapple with this world of technology trends. One is the need to be optimistic. I think it's very easy to get pessimistic about the impact of technology. In the long term, we've always seen that you know it works out to be positive for economies, for society in general. So be optimistic. The second is the notion of confidence. This technology is something which is available to everyone. And it is a matter of, as Lorena mentioned, fortitude aspiration, and actually being able to embrace the change. And the third, particularly when we talk about generative AI, there is a need to be responsible because I think there is a bunch of unresolved questions that exist, which we as a society have to grapple with. But the notion of having responsible adults making decisions is probably going to be important. So to sum up, optimist, confident, and be responsible.
1: Thank you both. I think those are really salient points that the both of you brought up. Now, throughout the entire episode, we talked about various things and we went in multiple directions. Before we end off, I also wanted to ask the both of you, what is the one key takeaway that you would like our listeners to take from this episode?
2: Lorena, do you want to start off first? I'd love to emphasize the power of creativity and technology. And the reason I say this is that we're looking at each of these technologies, applied AI, advanced connectivity, next generation software, but the real power is the creative way in which true people who are building new frontiers combine these technologies to create new ways that we work and live. Just think about how many of these technologies are embedded in an electric car or in the ability to mitigate human error when we think about surgery and using robotics. There are all of these amazing things that help our day-to-day work and lives and it does take some creativity to get there. So it's not just a technology question. It's also a creative question.
3: Yeah, that's wonderful. My thought on this, debate is that technology is a tool. Technology is an enabler. I think the point which I want to emphasize is that every person listening to this, every individual, every institution, every economy and every society has the potential to win and to be successful. And what it comes down to is the posture which each of these people take to any new emerging technology and how they enable scaling and learning across the entire organization.
1: Well, thank you both for being here today. I think our listeners will find this episode really informative. So thank you all for joining us today on the McKinsey Future of Asia podcast. And I hope to see you all again on the next episode.
0: You have been listening to the Future of Asia podcast by McKinsey and Company. To learn more about McKinsey, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at mckinsey.com slash future of Asia, or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook.